This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray. Father, it's so moving just to think now that in this very room there is Jesus, and to him we give honor, to him we uh, want to hear this morning speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 1. In the eighth month, in the second year of Zedarius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Iddo, the prophet, saying, The Lord hath been sore displeased with your fathers. Therefore say thou unto him, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Be ye not as your fathers unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But they did not hear nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants the prophets, did they not take hold? of your fathers, and they returned and said, Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us, according to our ways, according to our doings, so hath he dealt with us. Upon the four and twentieth day of the eleventh month, which is the month of Sibat, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Iddo the prophet, saying, I saw by night, and behold, a man riding upon a red horse, and he stood upon the myrtle, among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom, and behind him there were red horses speckled in white. Then said I, O my Lord, what are these? And the angel that talked with me said unto me, I will show thee what these be. And the man that stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are they whom the Lord have sent to walk to and fro through the earth. And they answered the angel of the Lord that stood among the myrtle trees and said, We have walked to and fro through the earth, and behold, all the earth is still and is at rest. Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long? Wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah, against which thou hast had indignation these threescore and ten years? And the Lord answered the angel that talked with me with good words and comfortable words. So the angel that communed with me said unto me, Cry thou, saying, 
Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy, and I am very sore displeased with the heathen that are at rest. For I was but a little displeased, and they helped forward the affliction. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, saith the Lord of hosts, and a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Cry ye yet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My city is through its prosperity, shall, yield, shall spread abroad, and the Lord shall comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. Then lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, four horns. And I said unto the angel to talk with me, What be these? And he answered, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. And I said, Where, What come these to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But these are come to fray them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. Okay. Zechariah is another minor prophet. And, but, but there's nothing minor about Zechariah at all, as he's one of the great prophets of God. In, and, and he's a prophet who, he didn't ask to be a prophet, but he became a prophet. And there was a particular month, there was a particular day, there was a particular year how his start as a prophet began, his commissioning. He was like conscripted into being a prophet. He was a spokesman. He was an ambassador. And that we see in verse 1 there, where it says, this particular time, eighth month, second year, came the word of the Lord to Zechariah the prophet. So from that point, when the word of God came to him, he would write the words from God. When he would put his pen down, he would seal his, own, he would seal his book with his own blood. As the Lord Jesus said in Luke 11.51, Luke 11.51, from the blood of Abel, unto the blood of Zechariah, which perished between the altar and the temple. So this is the basis for his authority. His authority doesn't come from himself. His authority comes because the word of God came to him. And all we read in the book of Zechariah was just what he received. Just like Paul said, speaking about the Lord's table in 1 Corinthians 11.23, 1 Corinthians 11.23 Paul said, I received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that on the same night which the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. So the first and primary word, this first word that God has for Zechariah, for the people, is he's to guide, that's going to be a guide to him that's going to be what is going to stir him up, what's going to drive him, what's going to, to, to be his motivation is verse 2. Verse 2, which says, The Lord hath been sore displeased with your fathers. These are the opening words of the book of Zechariah. They are so important because what's going to happen here is it's so simplistic to say that, that, that God is sore displeased. God is very angry. God has wrath. That's the simple truth that comes from, from, the, from the beginning here. God has wrath. The atheist says, God has no wrath because there is no God. But Psalm 14 says, Psalm 14, 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There's none that does good. The agnostic says, God has no wrath because I don't know that there is a God to have wrath. And Zephaniah 1, 12 answers, Zephaniah 1, 12 says, 
the men that are settled on their leads, that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. The fool says, the fool says, God has no wrath because God doesn't see me. He can't see me. Psalm 94, 7, Psalm 94 answers that. says, yet they say the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Psalm 10, 11, Psalm 10, 11, he has said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face, he will never see it. The indifferent person says, God has no wrath because God is laid back like me. God doesn't care. Psalm 50, verse 21 answers that. Psalm 50, verse 21, these things hast thou done, and I kept silent. Thou thoughtest, God says, thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. Well, in verse 1, the word of God comes to Zechariah, and it says clearly that he is sore displeased, sore displeased. And then in verse 3, Zechariah was told what he was to say to the people. In verse 3, therefore, say thou unto them, thus saith the Lord, turn ye unto me, and I will turn to you, saith the Lord of hosts. So this is the message. This is the message that Zechariah was to deliver to Israel. It was a message of, you turn and he will turn. And that's God's message to Israel, and that's God's message to people today. That's God's message to the earth. It's the message of, you're heading away from God, and you're putting yourself on a course that's heading straight into the storm, the storm of the judgment of God, the wrath of God, the storm of, of, of that ends in hell, and God's message is still, if you turn around, if you turn around and head toward God, God will turn around and receive you in love. And this is the message that he was to deliver to Israel. The Lord hath been sore pleased, dis, sore displeased with your fathers. That's not actually part of the message that he was to tell Israel. That was his message that God gave only for Zechariah. God gave that special message to Zechariah to motivate Zechariah, to fire him up. And God wanted to have this passion in Zechariah when he gave the promise to Israel, you turn, God will turn. But that passion for Zechariah to be filled with this knowledge that Israel's heading for destruction, that Israel's heading for the wrath of God. And so this was a personal message that came to Zechariah and it was like a burning fire. It was like a burning fire. That message of how God was so upset and so angry and so full of wrath toward Israel was like a burning fire shut up in the bones of Zechariah. That's how Jeremiah described his knowledge also. It says in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Then said I, I will not mention of him, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. So what is that burning fire that shut up in the prophet's bones? What is it? It is, verse two, the Lord hath been sore displeased with your fathers. This burning fire shut up in the bones is what Job described in Job 32.18, Job 32.18, when Job said, I am full of the matter. 
The spirit within me constraineth me. Behold, my belly is as wine which hath no vent. It's ready to burst into like new bottles. I will speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. You know, Job said that God's message was so pressing him that it was like wine that was fermenting that couldn't be held in. It reminds me of the time when we were first, we were just married in 1970, and I wanted to impress my new bride with my unique ability to make root beer. So we were living in a two-room apartment in Linda Vista on Dresher Street, and, and, and we had a living room and a kitchen. That's all we had. And then the, we had a pull-out couch in the living room. And, and in the kitchen, there was a water heater. So, so I put the root beer on top of the water heater in, in a one-gallon glass jar. And I didn't know you're not supposed to cap it. So said, anyway, so our bed was the pull-out couch in the living room. And I got up one morning, checked the bottles, and to make sure they were sealed. And, and I got back into bed, and then there was this giant explosion. It was huge. Glass was everywhere. Sugar water was all over everything. And, and God kept that, that explosion. I've just, just been in there from blinding me. It was a mess, and we moved. <laughs> anyway, that's true. But, but, but I don't want to distract too much. But anyway, that's how God described the, the word of God. I mean, that's how Job described the word of God that was in him. He says in, in Job 32, 19, Job 32, 19, he says, my belly is as wine which hath no vent. And so he said that there, there's only one way for him to find, to, to get relief from this pressure. And he says in verse 20, he says, I will speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips. You know, I, I've experienced that. It's, it's something, I don't know, whenever I speak to Jewish people who don't know Christ, and, they, and some of them can be so insulting and just so just saying the most horrible thing. Oh, you're worse than Hitler. Hitler killed the body. You killed the soul. And on and on, you know. Your mother, your father, you know, I hear it all. Anyway, so, um, and afterward, but afterward, it's really strange because the, I'm sure that they're thinking, well, that'll stop him, you know. You're not going to do that again. Talk to me about Christ. But afterward, I feel so refreshed, so great. And this is what Job is saying, is that God puts that message in the belly he puts that message like fire shut up in the bones. And if you don't say anything, like Job says, he says, uh, or you can't stand it. But then when you speak, you feel refreshed, even though you get abused. Now, it's the knowledge of the judgment of God that hell is just around the corner. And if there's not a turning to Christ, then that burning fire shut up in the bones begins to really, really build up. And this is the burning fire shut up in the bones that Paul experienced in Romans chapter 9, verses 1. Those first four verses in Romans 9, if you want to know why is Paul saying, Paul, why are you saying these things like this? What he's going to say, I'll tell you what he said in a second. But, but the re, Paul would say, the reason I'm saying that is because I have a fire, a burning fire shut up in my bones. And this was how Paul expressed it in Romans 9, 1, Romans 9, 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish myself were accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, 
who are Israelites. Paul is saying there, I will trade places. I've never said that. I don't think I could say that, but Paul said it. I would trade my place in heaven for my, if they could be going to heaven, I will go to hell in their place. And why was he saying such a thing like that? Because there was a burning fire shut up in his bones. This is the heart of Paul. This is the heart of Paul that he writes to believers. I don't believe that Paul was going out there and telling that to, to the lost. He's confiding in believers, Roman believers. He's confiding in us in this room now. And he's saying to us, he's saying to us, this is how I feel. It's a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. He's saying that. And then when he goes to believers, can you imagine the passion that he has when he would have this burning fire shut up in his bones when he's got burning within him? I will go to hell if they can go to heaven. Can you imagine? And that's what comes through to the hearers. That's what comes through, the sense. They get a sense when they're listening to Paul, when they're listening to Zechariah, when they're listening to Jeremiah, when they're listening to Job. They get a sense that there is a burning fire shut up in this man's bones. And that's what comes through. That's what the hearers, they hear. And that's how that works. And I'm totally lost here. I don't know what I've got. All these pages all over the place here. This has to go down. And this has nothing to do with my message. I don't know what that's doing here. So we'll get that up. Sorry, I have to do all this house cleaning here in the middle of my message, but I get confused. All right, never mind. So if there is a speaker, if there is a speaker that does not have this burning fire shut up in his bones, then when he speaks, then when he speaks, it becomes a message of 1 Corinthians 13.1. 1 Corinthians 13.1, which is sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Sounding brass and tickling. In other words, a boring message with no passion. That was not the case for Zechariah or any of these men. And the Lord Jesus, he was the example. He was the one who was the primary one who had the burning fire shut up in his bones. When he stood before the tomb of Lazarus, he had burning fire shut up in his bones in John eleven thirty three. 33. John eleven thirty three, 33, when it says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. He groaned in his spirit, was troubled. That's a burning fire shut up in his bones that caused him to groan in his spirit and be troubled. He showed, the Lord Jesus showed that he had this burning fire shut up in his bones when he stood before the city of Jerusalem and he looked at that city and it says in Luke 19.41, Luke 19.41, when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee, and thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee about, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they that shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Why was he saying that? Why was he weeping? Why was he so passionate? Because he had a burning fire shut up in his bones that caused him to cry, cry his heart out when he looked at Jerusalem. In all of these cases, these people who felt this burning fire shut up in their bones, the Lord Jesus, Paul, Jeremiah, Job, Zechariah, the burning fire that was shut up in their bones was the knowledge of verse two. The Lord has been, the Lord is sore displeased. 
and God's wrath was about to fall. And in all these men, they felt God's wrath that was going to fall. They felt the approaching doom, the terror, as a, and that's what was generating the burning fire shut up in their bones. And they preached what they felt. They preached what they felt. And this is why God told Zechariah in verse 17, verse 17, cry, cry yet, saying, thus saith the Lord of hosts, my cities through prosperity shall yet spread abroad. So, but what Zechariah was to say to Israel was the message of verse three, therefore say thou unto them, thus saith the Lord of hosts, turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. The verse three, it, verse three starts with, therefore, therefore say thou unto them. Literally, literally what it says in the Hebrew is, and thou sayest, and thou sayest, which means that God is saying here, that from what I just told you, Zechariah, in verse 2, the Lord hath been sore displeased with your fathers, that God is saying that you will say, you will say, you need to say, you must say, turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. You see, notice how God keeps putting his signature on that. He keeps putting his signature on that. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, his signature, turn ye unto me. And, and I'll turn unto you. It signs it at the end, saith the Lord. Twice, twice, God puts his signature on that promise. That's like a promissory note. That's like a promissory note with God's signature at the beginning of it. That's a promissory note where he signs it at the start and he signs it at the end. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. That promissory note is so important to God that he signed it twice, in the beginning and at the end. And the promissory note is very simple. Turn ye unto me, and I will turn unto you. Was just that critical to be delivered from to the people of Israel and to have God's signature on it twice. That God wanted that message to be so heard to the people that it was like He signs it twice here, and then He has two people saying the same thing, like stereo, stereo. Where one of the channels is Zechariah the prophet. That's the Zechariah channel. It comes to the prophet Zechariah in verse 3, turn ye unto me, I'll turn unto you. But on the other side, there was another channel. That was the Malachi channel. That was the prophet Malachi who said the same message in Malachi 3.7, lived at the same time. Malachi 3.7, turn unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. And so God continues to say that same promise today, that same promissory note is given today. It says, James 4.8 is the same thing. James 4.8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. So when God says this today, when God says this in verse three, turn ye unto me, that means that they had turned away from God. They turned away from God. Some people are like Adam. They run away to hide from God. Some, they run away from God. Some people are like the prodigal son. They end up running away from God because they're running to sin. They're running to sin. That takes them away from God. And some just, uh, just wander off, just wander off from God in order to, some are like Isaiah 53, 6. Isaiah 53, 6, some are like, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. The most terrible state of anyone is when God is sore displeased. You can't get worse than that. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.